This is it, episode number 504. Was that your slate? That was my slate. I, 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 my hands like go uh, um, limp or something when I try to clap I, and I make a sound. Just, I think you're overwhelmed by Frank Conniff's presence. I am absolutely overwhelmed by Frank Conniff's presence. This is episode 504, the second time Frank Conniff has been on No Laugh Track Podcast. The first with me, Justin Severson, who gets to host this each and every week. That was the voice of J. Elvis Weinstein. Hi. Hi. And I've been on 20 times. Tw- no, not true. You're Maybe. the uh, Tony Randall of this podcast. <laughs> That's right. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming over here this afternoon. Great to be here. And here, here we go. So, last night, we got one show down. We did. We yeah. got a rest of the week to go. Knocked a little rust off. Knocked a little rust off. So that's how you describe last it? Last night was the tough one. We got through it. Yes. We both proved Great. to ourselves we can talk for that long. Lo- uh, lo- thankfully, as always at Acme, a very um, terrific audience. So, they made it, they made it easy for us. Frank, what is your history at Acme? When's the first time you were here? Do you remember? Uh, my first time was was way back in the day. Um, I don't remember exactly the first time. Uh, it was still the day. It was just <laughs> the day. It was uh, w- still when Scott Hansen uh, was ca- kind of the comedy czar in town, and so you were w- tempting fate by working. I Acme. I yeah. was. You're I don't testing. remember the circumstances of what made it okay, or I might have been on the outs with Scott anyway at that time. I mean. Yeah. But uh, so I was able to. Uh, uh, so I know I, I did some like middling or, or opening here, like in the very early days. You might have done o- some middling opening. Uh, middling <laughs> opening. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, um, you know, so it goes back to that. And then I've, uh, I've come back through the years, uh, usually the middle. This is like my uh, co headlining debut uh, at Acme. Um, Lewis actually asked, uh, he offered to headline me, and I'm like, nah, I don't think that's going to be that great. I'd rather do it with, if Josh, with Josh, if that's possible. Oh, so I, I think that means maybe in the future, do this this time, then maybe a year from maybe, now, we we'll get a uh, yeah, Frank on a solo I, I, week. he'll want to hang with me again, huh? <laughs> maybe that. <laughs> I hope it's it's with Josh, is, is what I, I, I hope it becomes a, a regular um, event for Josh and I to come here. Event well, is a big word for that, but you know event. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that Josh used to do the shows with, and yeah, you kicked yeah. him to the curb, of course. Yeah, I kicked him to Spain. <laughs> Chris Bliss, yeah, who was, was on the pod qu- podcast quite a few times. The last time solo for sort of his uh, yeah, farewell yeah. tour, I guess. Yeah, he and was. he is in Spain now. He is in Spain. He lives in Spain. He lives in Spain. Yes. And that's how Chris and I got together. It was the same way where I was afraid to headline. And I asked Chris if he'd do it with me, and that's how we ended up doing our tag team thing yep. for all those years. But uh, it was born out of the same fear that Frank showed. So, the and that was like a twelve-year run. So the fear look. that I bring to all aspects of my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is his first time out of his uh, out of his borough. This is my first uh, <laughs> po- uh, post-pandemic uh, appearance uh, among pe- among among people. You've been asked, I'm sure, to do a, th- a thousand shows. And you're uh, yes, just uh, say yes. <laughs> You've been asked to do a dozen shows. You've been asked to do some shows, and you're Everything turning them down. Everything you just said was an exaggeration. <laughs> uh, uh, but I've, you know, what I do in New York, I do a lot. I do a lot of just like showcase spots at clubs. You know, oh, okay. A lot of great um, places. Uh, like there's a club in Queens called QED, and um, uh, there's a. A pizza place in Williamsburg, not to brag. Two Boots Pizza. They have a great comedy night there. 
And I do stuff like that around town, usually seven-minute, ten-minute sets, you know. So that's why I was a little daunted by the prospect of, of headlining uh, um, because I, I do I, – I, I've been doing comedy over the years, but – uh, since I moved to L.A., actually, like that, I, I kept doing comedy in L.A., but I never really was a, was a club comic again. I never went out, rarely, a couple of times here, but rarely going out. But I, would, I was working as a writer in L.A., and then I would go out uh, at night to the so-called alternative clubs, and it was just fun. So, so I've always just, although I've, I've um, made my living sort of as a writer, uh, uh, Stand-up, I've done uh, a lot of it. I've done for fun over the years. When you were hitting those alternative clubs, who were some of the other people oh, that you well would see? I, I I moved to LA in like '95, uh, and it was kind of the height of what was called the alternative comedy scene then. So, but it was really the actual only vital part of the comedy <laughs> yeah. scene then. So. It was, uh, and just great people. Dana Gould, of course. Who, who Dana Gould, who's been doing alternative comedy since the first time he ever got on stage. Right. It, it wasn't anything new for him, but, you know, uh, Bob Odenkirk, David Cross. That's where I met uh, Patton Oswalt, um, uh, Sarah Silverman, um, Joe Keys, our friend Joe Keys sure. was part of that. And um, Blaine Kapach. Blaine Kapach. Who I had like lunch with last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, he's a great guy. Hilarious. And it was just a really fun scene. Kindler, and, and by the way. As well. huh? Kindler as well, by the way. Oh, Kindler. Well. But I, but Kindler is another one that was doing it way before. Yeah, you but know. he didn't know it. Unlike I met, I, I met, <laughs> he didn't I, know it. That was just <laughs> all he could do. <laughs> I think my, I don't know if it was when I met Andy Kindler. I might have met him before, but um, I think we officially became friends in this room because uh, <laughs> I came to see him do uh, comedy here at Acme. And... Um, <laughs> I was the only one in the audience yeah. laughing. He remembers it. He remembers it very, very well. <laughs> he, Andy was. He also uh, got switched from headliner to feature act. At he that did. Same week. Yep. No, yes. no. Ma Maxine, Maxine Jeffries had yes. got switched around, and she headlined, and he was middling, <laughs> and um, and 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 I was laughing hysterically. The only one in the audience. <laughs> And and then afterwards, I went to the green room, and he's like, "Oh, I knew it had to be someone like you. I knew it had to be someone who was <laughs> yes. in the industry." And uh, you know, but I think that right here is where our friendship was cemented. Was at that show. No, I, I just from a from a yeah. an outsider perspective, mm -hmm. that's what it sounds like. Happened. I didn't want to step on, you know, since Andy. Um, a lot of his career is based on eating it all the time. Right. <laughs> so I didn't want to ruin it for him. Didn't want to ruin it for But, uh, uh, you know, he's just, we were just talking last night about how he's one of the funniest people in the world. Yeah, I, he's, I, I miss him. Yeah. I miss I, him coming I to Acme. Not. I do not miss him at all. You, you do not miss him <laughs> at all. I do not. I talked to him <laughs> for the twice record. a week for an hour. Yeah. I do not miss him <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'm still. I still listen. I, I do. You? I I, I know you. the relationship. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but you know, you guys aren't always seeing each other in person. Well, we uh, just on screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's plenty. It feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So, uh, do either of you have the memory of meeting each other? Uh, not a specific not memory, specific. but I'm sure it was at the Ha Ha Club in Uptown Minneapolis yeah, in general. 1987. So it was pre Mystery Science Theater, where you were just yes. you were doing stand up. Yeah. You were doing stand up. Yeah. And Frank didn't like me. 
It was my was always uh, my. I mean, I learned I learned later on that's just his face, but it's just uh, my face <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I felt like he thought I was like this privileged little kid from the suburbs who was coming in and being an interloper when he was like uh, gritty New York well, guy. Which part of that do you agree with? Well, here's the thing: is I, I think it's interesting to point out that at a time when Josh was 15, I think I was the one being immature um, <laughs> because. Uh, and it wasn't Josh, it was just, uh, you know, I, I had that young guy thing of, like, just being threatened by everybody and, you know, worrying about any someone else's success, uh, you know, overtaking my success, which didn't exist at the time, <laughs> but still. You know, I mean, I had, I, I had those kind of, like, inner rivalries in my head when I was younger. I don't really have them anymore, I'm very happy to say. Um, but uh, because my career tanked already, so it doesn't matter. No, I'm <laughs> There's kidding. There's no saving it. There's yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it was Josh specifically. It was just in general that I was like, you know, I didn't, uh, I was just an insecure, in, in not mature enough to deal with a 15-year-old. I see. I see. <laughs> that was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That works for you? That feel, explanation works for you? That's, that's a 37-year-old <laughs> scar. Just <laughs> peeled right <laughs> off. And we have it on camera. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, so, many, so much stuff to talk about. So you, how long did you live in Minnesota, Frank? I lived from uh, like 10 years, 85 to 95. I moved here in 85, uh, as many people do, for drug rehab. and um, All the greats. Yep. It's... Uh, uh, a great thing about this, I don't know if it's this big a thing anymore because I've been out of, away for a long time, but um, a huge like recovery community here that was very important for me at the time. And uh, and then I moved here and I'm like, you know, why go back to New York where all the places I got in trouble, all the things, uh, this place seems cool, why not stay here? And, and I did and um, I started doing stand-up, first at the Aha Club because it was uh, non-alcoholic. Uh, and then I virtually, oh. eventually... Which is why it was easy for me to start there yeah. at 15, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Just, and then I worked up the kind of strength to go to the co comedy gallery, which was at JR's at the time, mm -hmm. um, the upstairs room. And that was the best comedy gallery of any of the comedy gallery clubs. And uh, um, I managed... Uh, I did an open mic there. And then I started... Uh, um, I became Scott Hansen's toady, <laughs> which was very, I, I say that openly because it was very helpful for my career. I just, Scott always had a guy who would like MC and tear tickets and hang get out with him. Get him a Diet Coke occasionally. Get him, get him. Yeah, and also, I, I was, you know, I was a real, we were co-enablers of, of eating, him on a much bigger scale than me. But I was always willing to go to Rudolph's or the Market Barbecue. I knew you sure. were going to say, sure. were gonna no. say Rudolph's. And he liked me for that reason, too. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and hang out and, and, and eat a bunch of food. And, um, and you know, we, I, had, I had conflicts with Scott, but he was, he was a huge help for my career. And, you know, may he rest in peace. Sure. And, and, and also, that goes without saying, I think everyone that had some Absolutely. sort of conflict at some point. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I have, I have great gratitude towards him. And, yeah. And, in fact, you know. I had fewer problems with him because he was, he was a classic bully. Where if you confronted him directly on anything, yeah. he would generally back down. So, mm -hmm. and I learned that even as a seventeen-year-old, pretty much. So, but, but he was very, very good to me. You know, he was uh, terrible to Lewis Lee. Terrible. Yeah. 
Lewis and I went uh, a couple months ago. We went to visit Scott's grave, and I, I had no idea Lewis could dance like that. <laughs> you had no idea what? I had no idea Lewis could dance like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now. Oh, that one, wow. That can't be topped, Josh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brandon. <laughs> Holy shit, that was great! Well done. Well, <laughs> my God, well done. Oh uh, wow, I got I got to uh, refocus here. That was that that was fantastic. Oh my God. So we need to talk about all the million things you guys have also done. Um, the, I need you to kill Josh. It's still current. Have you been paying attention to what's going on no. in uh, China? Oh yeah, it's not current. That's the problem. I, that I guess that's a better way to say. We really it's captured a moment before. The Chinese hammer came down on Hong Kong. I mean, it was really it, like everything changed within a year of when I left. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, it was, and those protests were starting to form. Were starting to form uh, in the central Hong Kong district. Like even when we were there, we were we had we got rerouted of traffic because of a protest and stuff. So you could feel it starting, but the massive the massive protests and then the massive crackdown all happened after we left and. Yeah, no, the the that kind of freedom that I showed in that movie just doesn't exist anymore. It's amazing, amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. I remembered what I was going to ask you, Frank. Last night on stage, you mentioned that you worked at the Uptown Arby's. I did. It's gone now. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, I heard it was gone. It's yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> people had when it when before they tore it down, people had a uh, a vigil for it. Yeah, there in was the big the sign for it. You know, just because I guess and, and the 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 I think the sign lighting up potato cakes. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> potato cakes. Rest in peace. Iconic, I guess. And um, yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, that was when I first moved here, and I was in rehab, and then I was in a halfway house. And then one of the um, requirements when you were at the halfway house was you had to go out and get a job while you were there. And um, uh, and this is absolutely true. I was turned down by White Castle, um, <laughs> but uh, Arby's hired me. And uh, and so I ended up uh, working. I actually, right when I started doing stand-up, it was, I was working at, Ar you know, e even after I got out of the halfway house, I was working at Arby's like morning sh breakfast shifts and then going out at night and doing uh, stand-up. And the people, and I didn't tell anyone at Arby's that I was doing comedy, but, but people would but say... But he told everyone in stand-up you worked at Arby's. I did. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a great point. And, uh, um, yeah, I never... Uh, I just, and people at work would say, hey, you're pretty funny. Have you ever thought of going down to one of those com I'm like, no, I never have. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, to me, uh, I w when I first started doing comedy, I had this thing. I had to separate people from one part of my life yeah. from that part of my life. like Because I knew the people from that other part of my life could come see me. And there was a very good possibility I might completely eat it on stage All when right. they came. And I, I just didn't want that to happen. So it, was, it wasn't the self-esteem of they might embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I embarrassed a myself. A bunch of Arby's windbreakers show. Like, <laughs> Frank, 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 Frank. <laughs> do the one about roast beef. And then I remember one guy. So tell, him, tell him how you do the horsey sauces like jizz thing <laughs> like you do at work. <laughs> I actually had that in my <laughs> set list, and I eliminated that joke because I had too many of them. Wait but a minute. Uh, yeah, there were several jizz jokes last night that the Arby's one didn't make the cut on. No, <laughs> that's sacred to me. I, <laughs> um, but one guy once from my halfway house came and saw me do stand-up, and I actually had a really good set. And then he was like, 
Uh, oh, Frank, that was great, man. Um, like, how much do you get paid for doing that? And then I explained that, you know, you know, I don't get paid. I'm in it for the stage time, and, you know, hopefully it'll lead to some. And he lost, completely lost all respect for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just walked away and didn't talk to me again. Sounds <laughs> bar. So last night I attended the show with a friend of mine, Zach, who he and I uh, are part of our friendship is based on uh, Mystery Science Theater. Like we went to college together in the mm. er, early to mid nineties, mm -hmm. and well, that was Frank our and my friendship is despite Mystery. Science <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing, right? That's amazing. And yeah. we all ended up in the same place here. Um, so, like, you know, in college, uh, you know, I, I know I've told all, you all this stuff before. We'd have a party on a Friday night and then uh, at my own place. But my buddy Zach and I and a few other guys would slip downstairs and start watching Mystery Science when it came on live on a Friday night. Yeah, while a party was going really, on in my own house. Wow. That's really sad. It is really sad. <laughs> and then they go, oh, it's a Josh episode. And go back up to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. So, uh, at one point, uh, my friend Zach, uh, we both left college. He joined the Army. And when he was over in the Middle East, and I don't know, it was like 95 or 96, uh, he and I had attended, it was a mystery science convention uh, at the, in Minneapolis. Con right, right. Well, we didn't go because we couldn't afford the tickets. We just went to the, uh, where they sold the merchandise. We went to the merch stand mm -hmm. and bought, you know, we spent a few hundred bucks or something. In any case, when he was in the Army, I sent him a postcard. And when it arrived, you know, it was like the drill sergeant or whoever it is gets the bag of mail and, like, you know, reads off everybody's stuff. And uh, he got a postcard and he said, Ah, oh, Zach Mueller, looks like you got one from your uncle. And it was your face, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mystery wow. science postcard with nothing but your face. Oh, wow. Yes. So uh, you've Uncle had a long, Frank. yes. So you've had a long connection between uh, that's great. me and my buddy Zach. And got, I've always you been. Come um, last night. It was just awesome. I don't know if surprise is the word, but word. But I've always, uh, through the years, I've always met military people that were really that really like mystery science theater. Interesting. And wasn't there a story of didn't they play a cinematic Titanic? They did like in Saddam's pa one of it's Saddam's palaces. Saddam's palaces. They watched. Oh, after they after the fall yeah, of Iraq, they yeah. watched a cinematic Titanic. Uh, is there proof on, of that? That would be incredible. On Hussein's like system, <laughs> on his gold-plated yeah. system, <laughs> that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Drink his Coca-Colas. Yeah, <laughs> watching <laughs> Mexican cooks. Well, yeah, I mean, you know gold. he'd have the good ones. That's the gold standard. <laughs> Absolutely, um, Frank. What's the biggest? What's besides stand-up? What are you spending your time on right now? As far, as far as entertainment, <laughs> is it? Wow. I mean, there's no there's no, writers strike, so there's we got writers. writers. Well, I've uh, actually uh, the writers strike. I was just asked uh, to head up the um, uh, washed up writers who haven't worked in ten years committee. So <laughs> I'm doing some work with them. But uh, no, I but actually I've uh, um, been doing a monthly digital movie riffing shows with Trace Beaulieu, uh, and we tour, before the pandemic, we toured the country uh, as the Mads are back, yes. Trace and yes. myself, and, um, uh, and and that's been very successful as an online show. We do it every month, so I, I'm very lucky, very grateful I've been able to uh, get an income from that, and then um, I also have been writing and self-publishing books for the last uh, seven years. and um, Nine books? Nine books, yeah. And um, and that's been like a very main focus, one probably my main creative focus. Okay. And it's been great because I, I, I you know, uh, I have a little bit of a readership, and they always enjoy them. And um, you know, so I've just kind of wandered 
you know, it's funny listening to all the stuff that that people working writers who work in the business have to go through now. It, it sounds terrible, and I've managed to wander in to kind of a creative paradise where I'm just I'm just doing everything. Every joke that I write for the show with Trace is a joke I want it to be. Nobody tells me we can't do it. Awesome. My books are exactly what I want them to be. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't make the big money that the people that have to eat shit with those executives <laughs> do. But, uh, but it's really wonderful, though. Definitely something to be said for that. Is there any, could you, is there anything co- uh, in common in all of your books? Like, could you? They're all really fucking stupid. <laughs> I think it's the thing. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all like. He kind takes of a per- big premise and commits to it. Yes. I, I, I think hopefully artfully and uh, um, well-crafted. Um, just silliness, you know. They're they're all pretty silly, and um, uh, uh, you know that's my goal is just to write really funny stuff that people are entertained by and laugh, and you know, that's that's the whole purpose. You of don't it. look at Frank and think whimsy, but it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, uh, so yeah, it's just it's it's a it's something I really enjoy doing. Awesome. I I, en- I enjoy writing, which a lot of writers think disqualify me from being a writer <laughs> but uh but i do enjoy it interesting i josh you, uh one of the most recent maybe it was the most recent episode of thought spiral you were talking about uh you're sort of reviewing some documentaries and yeah. uh listening to you review documentaries is very interesting to me oh because you. of your Expertise, I guess, and actually making well, yes, some. That's the right word. So yes. uh, I love it. I think I'd like the it's the perfect uh, point of view. What I'm telling you is, do that a lot. I should. And I will Andy would let it. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he thinks of something that reminds him of himself, and then we're done. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean, I, th- I, I, uh, it's, uh, I love docs, you know, that would, and I love making them, and. Uh, and uh, so anytime I watch one, I'm, you know, you know, because I've made them, I know every single problem that these doc makers are facing. And so I know how they're, I know that everything they do that I hate is a solution to a problem. And I chose a different solution. See, that or is I so would choose a different solution. That is so interesting. Yeah. You, know? you know what I, um, whenever I put on one of the streaming channels and something new comes up and I see documentary, I get very excited until I see a word that series. comes after it. Series. Yes, <laughs> I know. series, and then I'm like, oh, okay, forget it. You Fuck, know? here's six episodes to tell me two episodes worth of story. Yeah, which is like all of them. And, and the most egregious one of all time was, and they've done a second season, which I didn't even watch, but they did a whole first season of the Nexium cult, you know? Yes, the, the, yes. The vagina um, tattooing cult uh run by the crazy whatever yeah and it was just like it went on forever it was so it was just them driving to the airport half the time yeah yeah it was it's it's one of my peeves is the story stretching Mm -hmm. uh, is there any chance you got one that you want to be doing next are you is your i do your doc making's not done my doc making's not done i just haven't found a business model that makes it a uh my total go-to yeah you know i uh i've made two that i'm very proud of and uh, and I think I like it as much as anything I've ever done doing it, you know, because of my ADHD. It's a great job for me because it changes constantly all the way through. You know, yeah, like I get I get very bummed out by routine and re- repetition. So Tell me about the it. job of directing a film is 
constantly changing throughout the process so it really keeps me engaged the whole time and i love it and i love editing now and you know the lot i need you to kill i edit it as well yeah yeah um so like i said i just have to find a business model i, I have a project that I, that's ready that's virtually ready to pitch once the strike is over because it's going to need that kind of money to oh, do it. oh but, okay uh, and it is a series, but it will not be repetitive. Oh, I'm sure. I would. You uh, doing a series would be fine with me, you know. Um, but uh, so I'm hoping. I mean, that's you know, in a perfect world, I get to make more movies. You know, but uh, how much stand-up do you want to do? Not that much. Not that much. Not that much. Yeah. No. Um, I had a great. You know, I love coming here, but literally last night was my first set in a year. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last set was here. Um. Did it come off that way, by the way? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Did it play like I was a year off? I mean, it, it seemed, you know, it was a Wednesday. It was a first, yeah. it seemed like a first night of a week. All right. Okay. So not a year, more like that. a, yeah. I can accept that. I'm the one that brought notes up to the stage, you know. Yeah. That's not un that uncommon these days. Yeah. There's notes up here all the time. You alternative kids made that okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although I never, I never did it when I did those alternative rooms. Really? And everyone was bringing notes uh, and they had a, uh, NBC had a show called Late Friday, I think it was, for a while. That yeah. Was stand and it was alternative comedy. And people would bring their notes for their TV set. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, that's not right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Richard Lewis did it, but that's a different thing. Yeah. He did it He made a show of it. Yeah. He brought a scroll out on stage. Yeah. At one oh. Point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but I was never, um, uh, Someone who brought a notebook on stage, which it was a cliche at that point to bring your note, in, at least in LA on alternative stages. Yeah, there, I mean, there is, a, there is an element of showcraft that is lost when you have them, just because even though everybody knows the, um, knows it's a conceit that we're speaking off the top of our head. Right. Um, He's just coming up still, with this on the spot. It, but it's still, it's still, there, that's still part of the magic trick, still. Sure. You know? Yeah. Sure, sure. So it does break a little bit of stuff, I've found. It breaks it more for me, though, than it does for the audience, I think. Yeah. See if I feel dependent on it, then then I get dependent on it, you know? Did, um, you guys are familiar with the comedian Gabriel Iglesias? Uh, yes. Fluffy? Well, yeah. if I am, like, maybe just, just barely. He sold out, like, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. So, interesting. I keep up with popular comedians. <laughs> So I, I was on uh, Facebook earlier today, and uh, someone was trying to sell their tickets to go see Gabriel Iglesias. So I want to help him. No, I'm not trying to help him. Uh, he's coming to uh, Minnesota. He's doing a show at whatever at some point in August. It looks like. Where he's is he doing it? At the casino, Treasure Island okay. Casino. Oh sure. So he's doing a show. This person is trying to sell their tickets, and I saw the price, and I thought, is that right? So then I clicked on the comments, and the uh, very first comment. Well, it says $250 they're trying to sell the pair of tickets for. Okay. $250. First comment is, $125 a ticket for a comedian? <laughs> reply, that's correct. And then reply to that, pretty sure you're stuck with them. Then this is the really interesting part. Somebody gives a suggestion. Just call up your bank and say it was an unauthorized minor purchased or accidental transaction. Most banks will reverse a handful of charges per year without asking questions. Thanks, I'll try that. Nice. <laughs> are you great. kidding me? Yes. Are you kidding me? What do you guys think about that? Is that is on a morality book? What is that? Which, which <laughs> yeah, site? Was I that know, on? right? 
you know, I, I, my, I was just having this. I had lunch with my brother today, and I was just having this discussion about how shamelessness has become a virtue now. Yes. Like, and I, and that obviously I, Trump has a lot to do with boosting that mm. thing. But that, but people aspire to shamelessness now. People aspire to being an asshole now. Like it, it really it like came like, so easily to me. I didn't have to aspire. <laughs> to <that>. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but you didn't shake the shame either. Let's be honest. Um, but and, and I, th- I mean, and part of it is because people do feel so much fucking shame in their life that 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 pose is so attractive to them. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could be that, but it's such an ugly, ugly thing when you see it in practice and 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 it becoming the norm, right? Of the world, you know. I mean, I would never. I mean, I'm no. <clears throat> I'm not better than anybody else. Uh, You're better than a few people. I'm better than a few people. I'll, I'll agree with you there. But to, 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 to try to get out of $250 tickets to go, oh, no, that was an accident? All right. That is dirty. Dirty. Yeah. And then I wonder, like, let's pretend that that works. And the you know visa's like, oh, well, then we'll... Then do you still have the tickets in your possession? Like, is that a way to get... I don't know. Now oh, you're now cool. you're thinking like a criminal. Because <laughs> now, you wait a switch, minute. You just switch from indignance to so, working the angle. So I could do this a couple times a year and, and make some... This is a new side I hustle. Boys, I assume it voids the ticket. You, I, mean, I hope so. Because, yeah. boy, that would be a, yeah. a dirty way to make a little side <laughs> Wow. Try it out. All right, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm going to buy some... You might want to pick a different comic that in case you have to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't think I want to pay $125 a piece to go see probably uh, not for Fluffy, but probably uh, not. I met him. He's a nice guy. Yeah, no, I've never seen. I'm sure he puts on a good show. He right? came. I was opening for Segura somewhere, and he came and hung out. What's the most either of you have paid to go see a show? Oh God, I haven't paid to see a show in so in long. so long, it's right? Like, um, uh, it it really. It, makes me saying it makes me feel like I'm some big shot in the industry or something but I've never like I just uh, if I go to see someone in a club it's you know I usually get in yeah and, um, and, uh, and I, yeah I ju- and I don't like um, I don't really like like even if like a great comic is playing at Radio City Music Hall or something like I don't like usually make the effort to go see them I did go, and I, once again, uh, bragging, got free tickets from Emo Phillips. He opened for um, Weird Al Weird Weird Al. Al at Carnegie Hall, and that got me out of the house, and that was an amazing show. I knew I was going to love Emo because I love him, and he's, one, he's the greatest, yeah. but I was really surprised at how amazing Weird Al Yankovic was. Oh, yeah. I knew that I was going to have fun watching Weird Al. I didn't know I was going to see like one of the most awesome rock shows. Ever. His band is yeah. crazy talented. Yeah, and the song, and he didn't do his parodies. He did his own songs, and they were great. Yep, uh, I I went to that show uh, as well, not at Radio City, and I paid. Enough, I paid for my tickets. Enough, I think the last time I paid to see a comedian was with Emo. Emo called me up one day and said, "Hi, Josh, I'm going to go see Elaine Boozler. Do you want to come?" <laughs> And we went and saw her at some room, some weird room, mm-hmm. sort of. But uh, I did pay to get in. But uh, I've paid. I've, I have, but I, other than that, like literally, I cannot remember paying to see a comedian in my. How about a, how about a, like a rock show? A rock show. I paid up real big to go see uh, David Byrne with really good seats. Uh, Probably worth it. It was absolutely worth it. Really, one, like one of the best nights I've I've had. Um, and I paid up really big to see um, the original cast of uh, Book of Mormon on Broadway. 
when we were playing Broadway. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. When we were playing Broadway. That's right. Yeah, you should repeat that. Yeah. Did everybody catch that? Granny, you catch that in the back there? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I paid like, um, I, I, w- I paid 50 bucks for a nosebleed seat uh, to see the Carol King musical Beautiful on Broadway. Uh, hmm. And that was really good. But that was with a friend of mine, and we were like kind of, we wanted to write our own kind of parody of that kind of jukebox show. So we were kind of researching it. Um, but uh, it, it was worth it, I thought. Is, it tr- is, it, is my recollection correct that you once started writing a musical with Katy Perry? Katy Perry and I, before she <laughs> was famous, huh? uh, started working on a musical. that, uh, And progress on that was interrupted by what happened? Oh, yeah, she became a gigantic international star and, and, and nothing became of it. You should hit her up and see if she has <laughs> changed her mind. I can't. Uh, I, you know, I, I would text her every now and then. After that, I never heard back from her. And, I, you know, I, I completely understand. But uh, How was that connection ever made, you and she, Katie Perry? Um, I had this uh, this friend of mine, Olana, in L.A. She, um, we went to see, she knew about Katie. Uh, and this was before her record came out. And we, we went to this place called the, the Hotel Cafe in L.A., um, and uh, and and watched her uh, do a show, and she was great. And and I, I met her afterwards, and and then I I was just talking about this this play I had written that it would be great to have songs in it, and maybe like like I'll show you the script, and if you like it, like uh, and she read it and she liked it, but she, but but I had had I had put some lyrics in it myself, and she was like, oh, well, I really like your lyrics, so why don't you keep writing lyrics, I'll write music and add lyrics and stuff. So it was starting to form along those lines. It, it was, um, uh, could have been uh, very promising. Was she going to maybe uh, perform Convoluted Man? Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> she, no, she, she did, I did a show called Cartoon Dump uh, at the time, and she was like, oh, I'm going to come see Cartoon Dump, but she never did. Wow. Cartoon Dump was actually the birth of the Kindler-Weinstein partnership, too. We, uh... I played Dumpster Diver Dan in the L.A. edition, of, uh, which was a puppet in a dumpster. Um, and uh, Kindler did a guest comedian spot, and I just stayed on stage as my sarcastic puppet and that took shots great. at him. Sarcastic puppet. Yes. Love it. And Love that's it. how, that's, that's, that was the birth of the partnership, really. I mean, we knew each other and had done stuff together before yeah. then, but that we had never really been on stage riffing before like that. Well, thank you for that then, Frank, for getting those two together. Well, thank the you world's for a better place. Thank Dr. Diver Dan. That was, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Diver Dan. <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned on stage last night uh, that there's a convention going on in in Minneapolis there this is weekend. At the right? There is a Comic Con. What right a now. what a what an amazing uh, coincidence that like you <coughs> still or have done those in the past, right? I've pr- yeah, I've made appearances. Josh, Josh loved them, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's like uh, being an animal in the worst fucking zoo in the world. <laughs> it is just like, oh my god. And then nobody brings you food either. No peanuts. No, they just show their disappointment that it's me, and consider if they actually want my autograph as they go to the next person. There was line. a guy. Uh, I think it was. Uh, um, it was in Northern California. Um, and we were at a convention. This guy just kept coming up to, uh, of all of us in the cinematic technology, just is the least into sci-fi. Of, of uh, Even though he's kind of, you know, he likes Star Wars or whatever. But you know. <laughs> Come on, don't just miss my nerddom yeah. quite that much. <laughs> oh, he likes Star Wars. 
But uh, <laughs> this guy just kept coming up to Josh with this, these animation cells, and he was like, what, I, I think those were originally done by Ward Kimball, but uh, if you <laughs> look at the sides, there, there, there may have been We've been discussing it online, and we think that. And, and what do you have? Josh is very politely, I have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> I, I didn't say I have no I, interest. I said I, have, I don't know. I, I really. don't know. I really... I, I, <laughs> and then the guy would keep coming back to him with another animation So What about this? Uh, I think this might be a Robert McKimson one. For, no, I, I Share no your idea. knowledge. Quit holding back. Come on. <laughs> Wow, man! Did I squirm at those fucking things? <laughs> I just did. we got I got in, we got in trouble once at uh, Dragon Con for giving away our autographs and not charging for them. Yeah, they scolded us very harshly. Like you're gonna make everyone else look bad. Oh like, sure, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't. Well, that was back then when I was there with you. That was before I even knew about that 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 autograph. Because I, when I first went to Dragon Con, I, I didn't even do that as a thing of sitting down and signing order then when i i went i i realized there was money to be made from it i got on board pretty quickly and um but but my my whole policy was if you come up to me at my merch table in the uh celebrity room uh i i have to charge you for an autograph um if you happen to run into me in the in the hallway when i'm going to the bathroom i'll give it to you for free that was like it was a complete for me a dividing line once you go into that room right i'll charge you but if you just come up to me while i'm walking around it just feels like totally dickish to say no i'm sorry so i'd rather just sign the autograph you weren't going to collect money in the bathroom for other not for that (laughs) (laughs) all right That's a different business model. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and rare, rarely will he sign it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, when it, I can personalize it when it's a wreck. But otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to sign all of it, or just? Uh, so we should mention that Mary Jo Peel was uh, part of the show last night yes, as indeed. well. Yes, will be all week. Okay, yes. awesome. Um, th- yeah, that she was great. Both of you were obviously great. Um, so I don't know. It didn't sound like I was. Three I stop it. It sounded like he was more like you were. Yeah, uh, you, were rusty, you don't know frankly. who I pointed to when I said that. Um, Wednesday show. <laughs> <laughs> so three mystery science uh, riffer alums on one stage. I also saw a uh, in the audience last night another uh, mystery science. Uh, uh, Yvonne Freeze, who did the current version, the yes, uh, the uh, newest version, uh, was sitting a few seats behind me, and I recognize her from her job at the St. Paul Saints games as yeah. an usher-tainer, and I also went to the live show when it was here, and blah, blah, blah. I think we'll have many other cast alumni coming f- into the audience this week. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Will we yeah. do the Vegas style? Hey, ladies and gentlemen! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think... If only Trace, we had... A, do we have a follow spot we could get? For Trace is coming, um... Bill Corbett. Uh, Bill Corbett. You know, we, j- me, Josh, and Joel are the only alumni that don't live in the Twin Cities. Uh, uh, the Twin Cities is the Hollywood of riffing. Yes. You know. So or Mecca. Uh, Let's go Mecca. Mecca. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, you can come back. You can live here if you want. I'm. You know what? I'm. Uh, I don't want to uh, be too too public about this, but I am considering moving back. Actually, it's 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 in the it's not. It, it's not a real thing yet, but. It, um, um, I, lo- I love I love living in New York, uh, but I also live in Minneapolis. But I love living in New York. But I would like to maybe live someplace where all of where I can maybe have savings, right? You know? right. <laughs> and a nest egg maybe. You know, New York is just so expensive. It's 
And my rent got raised last year to a, like a ridiculous amount, and then I was like, that's when it, uh, I got the thought in my mind that maybe I would move back here. It's time. I love it. You yeah. should. You, you absolutely should. I would move back here, but my wife would die. <laughs> she would die the first December. Cold? Day. The yeah. cold, yeah. Because where is she from originally? Well, she's from England, and then she was born in England, moved to India for a few years, back to England, came to America when she was like eight, and yeah. lived in like within six miles of where we live now. Oh, yeah, California, yeah. The sun, where the sun shines year yes, round. Yes. Yeah, no, not gonna, she's not well, going to get that here. The thing that might tip me uh, is that I'm, I'm here in such an untypical weather week in Minnesota this week. Right, It's right. so nice out. I've had uh, the last, my last few trips in, like when I, I did my album here, I think in 19, blizzard in April. Blizzard my entire week. Last time I was here last year, we had a tornado the week of, which is like. Is that right? Yeah, Jesus. which is I've been making jokes about with this room for 20 years because. Oh, the fallout like shelter. The yeah. safest fucking place to be in a tornado, <laughs> yeah. and it finally happened. It's <laughs> very exciting. Oh, that would be a really good <laughs> indictment, uh, in, in, indictment, inducement to move into this neighborhood was that for a tornado you could just run to the Acme. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was very, very safe, extra safe. Uh, last thing I want to do with you guys, my buddy Zach had some leftover Mystery Science Theater 3000 trading to cards. Bernard Pivot's questionnaire from... Yeah, <laughs> what is your favorite? Uh, so I'm going to give each of you guys a pack of cards, and let's open them. How a about pack that? pack of Mystery Science Theater 3000 trading cards. Yeah. Well, wait, if we open them, don't want to bring the value down from $3 to... Well, uh, these were gifts, so I'm willing to risk it. Uh, okay. So there you go. There's each a pack. These were uh, from a few years ago, I believe, 2019. Were I think these, these came ones? out. Did we sign these? I think I signed. You, you signed. Pro there's there might be a signed one in there. Absolutely. So these are official MST3K Series Two trading cards that, f and Frank is right on the cover of these uh, TVs. Frank, can you, uh, Brandon, can you see that right now? I'm holding it up. Yep, he's right on there. So there's ten cards per pack. Josh, what do you got? I got Joe Pepitone. I have the. This is Trace and Frank doing the William Conrad Fridge Alert. Oh, that was a fun one. Uh, I have. Uh, I didn't even. Oh, this is me and tr and uh, uh, Trace doing something goofy. Trace uh, and Frank. Uh, Here's Mike Nelson. Mike in the box. I got him I got his job him. there. That's right. You did, and then Mike got me my job back. That's right. There's Trace and Frank. Oh, wow. Here's me and Trace with Mike as Torgo, the beloved Torgo oh. character from Man of the Hands of Fate. This is one of the best. The um, here's me and uh, uh, Trace doing uh, a, bl a Bless This Mess sketch. I, people, you know, bring up sketches to me, and I have no memory of them, you know. Well, it was uh, only, what, 28 years yeah. ago? <laughs> And this is uh, some kind of prop thing. Unusual for Joel, I know. But, uh, I know, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, what, do you, what is your reaction people come up to you like at, uh, like at a, one of these I conventions? So many Trace and Franks. It's really <laughs> hurting me. When people come up to one of the, and they like, bring up a memory of you know, one of their favorite parts of the show, and you have no recollection of that. I, I just tell them. You know, I say, I, I don't remember. I'm like, y you... You people know more about it than I do. Yeah. You know, y you're the experts, not me. You know. Yeah, none of these jokes were an event when we wrote them. You know, we wrote hundreds per show yeah. and said them with equal, you know, gave them equal mustard basically yeah. when we said them. So there's nothing, you know. I mean, of course, there's some jokes that you just like you're proud of for your whole life, but right. sure. 
but they're I, few I, and I far between. On, um, and they're rarely the ones that other people like. You know, normally <laughs> I don't. Is. I don't remember. Uh, seriously, don't remember if who wrote, wrote what joke. But uh, when I was working on the uh, show, totally biased with uh, with W. Kamal Bell, which had an amazing staff of incredibly incredible incredible writers. One of them, uh, Guy Braunham, I don't know if you know hmm. him at all. Yeah, I know who that he is. He really hilarious guy. And then one day, just out of the blue, he goes, "Did you write uh, Canada's Anne Mara?" It's <laughs> like some reference <laughs> <laughs> that was like not even meant to get like a that I didn't think anyone would. Li- but but I said, "Yeah, that was like I totally remember that I wrote it, uh-huh. and I was so happy that he had gotten pleasure out of it." You oh, know? That's all. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> So well, I random. I mean, that's the magic of that show, though, is that yeah. everybody gets their joke at some point yeah. that makes them go, they know me. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, absolutely. And for the record, uh, these are some my buddy pulled out last night. There, are, We got a whole bunch of Josh Thank cards Thank you, here. Tongue Puppet. Hello. The, the, we got Josh <laughs> cards. We got we got this one. We got this with you, this this giant brain. Uh-huh, yes. That was, that's my one uh, two hours in the makeup chair story. Two hours career. in the makeup chair? Yes. There's a uh, ant farm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Me. Me. 17-year-old <laughs> me. Oh, and but you got and then you went and did a uh, season a little bit of season 12 and 13. I have done cameos on the last yeah. batches, yeah. I did. How fun was that? Not that fun. Not that fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like it was nostalgic. It's like none of the same people and it's like a huge crew. It's like a union show now, which is great. But, you know, it, it reminded me of nothing. Of nothing. It, of nothing, absolutely. <laughs> so they're like, welcome back. How does it feel? And you're like, no, not, no. No, I mean, I wasn't a dick about it. <laughs> you know, I acted excited to be there and stuff. But the truth <laughs> is that, no, it brought no, you know. I mean, th- I mean, the other truth is that, uh, you know, I left Mystery Science Theater on bad terms. Yeah. It wasn't a good experience for me, ultimately. And the, the friendships I've rebuilt over these years has made it worthwhile. Yeah. You know, and the fact that it was my first thing, but I got totally fucked over on that show, and you know, I'm proud of it. Yeah. You know, and I'm and, and thankfully, sort of, you know, the the worm has turned around now, so that I sort of get credit for what I did on the show. Not that I was bitter about not, but it's right. nice to you know not be a footnote. Absolutely. You know, but uh, you know, the real legacy of it for me is. Frank and I are hanging out 30 years later, yeah, and Trace absolutely. is, you know, my still my brother too, and known. you know, hell yeah, if only that's I'd awesome. Known when Josh was 15, what an amazing friend he would end up being. Oh, he he really has, and he's he's been shown real friendship to me through the years, in in, in bad times in my life and stuff, and uh, uh, I'm very very grateful to have him as a friend. This is the greatest moment we've ever shared <laughs> on the, this podcast right now. <laughs> Is there anything that you guys have like wanted? And I to love ha- Frank. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's like I my. I know m- it's weird to show emotion in the Midwest, but I know <laughs> that's how we had to get out. <laughs> Stop making me uncomfortable being nice to each other. Knock it off. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Is there anything? Finally, is there anything that like you've like always wanted to ask him, or vice versa, or uh, oh. something you want to tell him, or. He just for the ride. I mean, I guess that was it, that huh? Was, yeah. Was heavy. Uh-huh. I also have to point out that um, by leaving the show when he did, um, the ultimate one of the ultimate results of that was 
I, I've worked on one Peabody Award-winning show. Josh has worked on two Peabody Award-winning shows. <laughs> Sorry, Freaks and Geeks as well. Which I don't know. Did it win a Peabody? I don't know. It did. Okay. Yes. Yes, two of them. <laughs> two of them. More than you do. My name wasn't on any of them, but. Uh, so that's, he's had a very, you know, I think when you left it, it sent you on a really good path of, of doing a lot of great work. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some, on some level, it's like I'm just, I'm mostly kind of proud it didn't crush me. Yeah. At the time, you know, I was fucking young. You right, know, yeah. But I, but Can't I, imagine. But I had a, 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 apparently an unbelievable ego that could survive <laughs> and decide, no, they're wrong. I'm great. Mm. And you were right about that. <laughs> yeah. Your ego was speaking the truth. Well, I know some my, people thought re- my speaking the truth was kind of my problem at Mystery Science <laughs> Theater too. That was really how I didn't I stopped making friends. I guess. My first thing I said there was, "That's a great idea, Jim." You know, so <laughs> right. I did much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never said those words, Josh. I did not. I <laughs> you did, did not. not. Just, just the once might have helped. So <laughs> my experience is a Scott Toady. Scott Hanson Tony like came in handy later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were uh, professional. Yeah, Josh has never been the Tony type, but I've I have a history of it. <laughs> That's hilarious. This has been an absolute pleasure for me as a you know fan of uh, likewise. Yeah. So th- thank Same you very much yeah. for doing this. And uh, Frank, let's do it again. Uh, maybe when to. you're a resident. That'd, we'll that'd be see. fantastic. You know what? It's very tentative right now. It's uh, not saying it's going to happen. It might happen. Good enough for me. Mm. One more rent bump. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's for sure, man. There you go. That, that's the absolute truth. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They raised that rent. Well, I, I told her you're not raising it again. You know. And she went, ooh. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to No Laugh Track Podcast, the show with a new headliner each and every week with me, Justin Severson. I get to host this thing. It's produced in the heart of Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood at the legendary Acme Comedy Club. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and watch the video version on our official No Laugh Track YouTube channel. Wherever you are enjoying the pod, remember, drop a like, leave a review, and please tell your friends about the show.